Hello, welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this episode, we're doing like summer scary books. Sort of scary in the summer. I don't care. I'm just ready for fall. So I just wanted to read something that was a little more scary. I feel like we've shied away from doing like thrillers and stuff a lot because like I know we do a lot of that content. And then October, we really stack it with like anything that we can find that's like potentially thrillery. Yeah. I couldn't wait any longer so yeah definitely reading this one yeah it got me ready for like cooler temperatures which you know I'm moving to California so I'll be going to warmer temperatures but that's fine it oh well, you know it is what it is it's it'll cool off eventually I, be fine. everyone tells me it gets cold I just think we have different definitions of cold but that's fine I think that's probably accurate yeah <laughs> but either way I'm gonna jump right into mine so I read Home Before Dark by Riley Sager which so Riley Sager is like one of my all-time favorite authors. He's pretty much like an instant buy every time that I know he oh, has yeah. something new that comes out. But this Always one, good. yeah, I've had this one on my shelf for like years now because um, a couple people that I know, so like I have a, there's a gal I went to high school with who is also like a giant Riley Sager fan. And she was like, eh, it's not his best one. And then somebody else had read it and was mm. like, not great. So I had it set on my shelf for a long, long, long time. But one, I'm trying not to buy new books and trying to go through my physical tea bag. So I was like, all right. I'm doing it. This is the one. So well, now I'm curious because like they're usually like definitely mm-hmm. hits. So let's yeah. see how you felt about this one. Yeah. So jumping right in. So our main character, her name is Maggie, and she is kind of ha- sort of like a little bit notorious. So basically, when she was five, her her dad and her mom fled the home that they were living in, um, swearing never to go back. Left every single item that they had in the home because it was haunted, and they've not set foot since. And then her dad wrote a book about it called House of Horrors, which is called The Book, capitalized, capital B, when Maggie's talking about it. okay. But now her father has recently died. Like he got, like they're like older parents. So like, not like died to be here. She's 30 now. Um, So like young, but not super young. I think they had her a little later in life. Either way, um, got sick. enough. Yeah. And so she got, and like her parents divorced like a couple of years or so after they fled from the home. I mean, you know, big scary things happen. Um, Mm. And so her dad dies. She meets with a lawyer for the will. She gets like $400,000, which she knew about. But she also gets the property, which is Banbury Hill. Banbury Hall? Hill. Must be Hall. Banbury Hall. Uh, which like blows her mind because she's like, I didn't even know that my dad still owned this. And also, isn't it so weird that like, like he didn't buy the mom out when they divorced, mm-hmm. like the mom like wrote it off and was like, no. Um, and something that like the dad had like made her promise, like on his deathbed was like, don't ever go there. It's not safe for you. Very specific wording. It's not safe for you. Like, Okay, already weird. It's giving me like Haunting of Hill House vibes already. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. into it. Yeah, kind of. And so then, so she does that and she's supposed to be meeting her mom for lunch or whatever. Um, And she's like, oh, mom, why didn't you tell me about this? And she was like, I don't know, your dad didn't want me to. I didn't want anything to do with the house or the book. I don't care. Like she's not even taking like her royalties from the book either. Like she just wanted to be like, she like wiped her hands of the whole thing. And she's like, I just wanted to be done with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's like, it wasn't my place to tell you, but obviously now you know. And she's like, but also, like, it's fine, Carl, who she, like, remarried. She's like, we talked about it, um, and we're willing to buy the house from you right now for, like, get, we'll have it assessed. Like, somebody can go have it assessed. Whatever they say the value is, 
we'll pay for it. Like, you don't even need to go back. It's fine. Like, we'll just do it and we'll pay you whatever you want. Like, they're like about to go on like a two week trip. She's so, like, as soon as we come back from our little trip, you'll have your assessor. We'll pay you. Don't even worry about it. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay. Like, the mom also doesn't want her to go back to this house. So, like, and but she doesn't seem that worried about it either, though. You know what I mean? She's just like, I just didn't want anything to do with it. But yeah, she doesn't sound like concerned. It's like she's like trying to like be concerned, but not in like such a way that like it makes Maggie... you intrigued. Yeah, exactly. So Maggie has said since she was nine year old. So she was happened when she was five. At nine is the first time she ever read the book, and she has sworn up and down since she was nine that the book is fake because she doesn't have any memories. So they only spent twenty days in this home. From the time they bought it to the time they fled was twenty days. And she has no recollection of any of these 20 days. But also, girl, you were five years old. Something traumatic happened to you. Like, and she was like, no, I would remember. Like, "Mm, you probably wouldn't. So just because you don't have any. impressive. Yeah. Just because you don't have any memories of it doesn't mean that the entirety of the book is false. Like. Oh, yeah. This is so haunting of Hill House by me. Ooh. Yeah. Invested already. And it like the book turned into like this huge bestseller. So also like her entire childhood, like people like knew of her and like some parents like wouldn't let her hang out with their kids and she got made fun of a lot for it and she said she's like also the other reason um that she thinks that it can't be real is that there's no way that she was that child like she had no friends she had like imaginary friends basically like she was a lonely sad girl and she was like no that is not the kind of girl that's not the child i was and i'm like again Mm, you were five imaginary friends freak me out those are ghosts thousand percent yeah so also i'm like you were five you just moved to this town. You have like this entire entire bit of property that has like fencing around it. You were there for twenty days. Like, yeah, you had no friends. I like, and uh-huh. also you like calm down. So how the book is told is in like kind of these dual uh, POVs. So we have Maggie now because of course she decides to like go against her father and her mother, and she wants to go to the house because she's like, well, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get the truth and I'm gonna figure out what really happened that day that we fled, Obviously. and I'm gonna prove that my father's a liar even though he's dead now like chill she okay. literally so she's 30 she still acts like a whiny little 14 year old like i wanted to like smack her so hard and just like shake her the entire book and i'm like you're an idiot idiot quit being a whiny little bee like come on yeah. now like at your age um so yeah so she defies both of them she's a designer she does like interior design um she has like a business partner and the two of them they like have been like flipping homes and stuff um so that's the other one is that she's like oh i'm gonna go there like i'll renovate I'll it, flip I'll, like, it. Do, yeah. I'll flip it sell it blah 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 blah, and also have her like secret way of figuring out what really went on the other point of view that we get though are the chapters of the book house of horrors that her dad wrote so she decides to go and then actually i think maybe it starts with the book you might start on chapter one of the book but like it's the like, book is its own character basically yeah, yeah. you said it was so, capitalized got it yeah so yeah the book so it'll be like the first chapter of like the home before dark book that i'm reading is chapter one of the book and then so you get to actually know what's in the book yeah so you know what's in the book and then it like kind of goes back and forth right so it's like as she's like learning things about like well she's in the house and she's like oh this um yeah so it's a really interesting way that it goes but yeah so she gets to the house and she starts looking around and there are some like similarities like things that are like in the house she's like oh i thought my father totally made that up and it's like, well, duh, all good lies have, like, some truth built into them. So if you think right? this is a lie, like, it's not an entire work of fiction. Um, and so, but yeah, so it's, like, super interesting. So then you, like, learn about all the things that happened. So, like, um, how they got the house is that Jess, who is the mom, like, her grandpa or something died and left him, like, a quarter of a million. So that's how they got this house. And even, like, when they were being shown it, you're kind of, like, 
this is weird like the chandelier just turns on and it's like oh is that like faulty wiring i was gonna say they were like faulty wiring it's fine it's an old yeah. house yeah and like the realtor is like definitely kind of trying to like rush them through it but can tell because like he uh his name's ewan the dad um he like clearly loves the house is definitely giving away how much he wants this house and he convinces jess that they should spend and so they buy the house outright like so they don't have a mortgage which is great uh he's like a freelance writer so like he's not making a lot of money she just started a new job as a teacher um or it'll start like in a month or something like that uh and that's the whole reason that they're moving to this area and they were like a teeny tiny little two-bedroom apartment before so now they have this giant house that has like three stories and like the berries on the hill are their um baneberries which are deadly if eaten and so like that's what it got its name after but then like there's like some things going on it's like the original guy who bought it apparently like his daughter had fallen in love with somebody but he wasn't good enough for her and so she like kills herself because of this or it's possible that the dad killed her. Like, nobody knows, because this is, like, the 1800s. So it's, like, there's, like, all this, like, story going on. The people who bought it right before. So the house also comes fully furnished. Because the people who had it before, the dad, it was a dad, a mom, and a little girl. The dad smothered the girl and then killed himself. And so the surviving mom, like, was, like, got the hell out of Dodge. She still lives in town, but she was, like, I'm not being in here anymore. And just, she's, like, I don't want anything from the house. I'm not going back. Sold as is. So, like, there's already this kind of, like, weird history going on. And Jess is like... Well, they got to steal for it. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And Jess is like, you're not going to look into the history of this house. Like, you're not going to do this. We're starting for the future. Like, you're not going to do this. And so he's like, okay. The dad's like, yeah, no, fine. I won't do it. I promise. He's a liar. This, like, is literally the whole premise of Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> like, the entire book. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Perfect. Perfect. Um, and, yeah, so then, like... Well, and then we're, like, in the book, and we're, like, women pass. Basically, like, there's, like, this thud that keeps happening at, like, 4.54 in the morning, but only Ewan's hearing it. Like, a record player starts playing, and he's, like, oh, Jess, like, why were you in there? Like, you left it on so loud, can you turn it off? And she's, like, I didn't do it. And then they go to the daughter, Maggie, and they're, like, hey, you're not allowed up there. She was, like, I didn't do it. And they're, like, okay, weird. And so then, and that, like, keeps happening, and there's, like, bells, because at one point it was a bed and breakfast, too like in mm. the hands changing so there's like all like the little bells and sometimes those will just like ring and he'll go to the room and there won't be anybody in the room or he'll be like maggie stop ringing all the damn bells and she's like it wasn't me i swear like in the way that like a five-year-old's like real conviction you know yeah but then these imaginary friends she calls them ghosts like she's like oh yeah no they're ghosts it's mr shadow and penny face because she has pennies over her eyes but can still see and the little girl with no name and the little girl's not allowed to leave the bedroom and like there's this like armoire that she has that just like opens in the middle of the night. Like they're like, why did you open it? And she's like, I didn't open it. Like that was Mr. Shadow who opened it. And you're I like, got chills. That's so yeah. freaky. Yeah. Like definitely like the beginning of this book, like unsettling. Like it wasn't like jump scare. Like I'm not throwing the book or anything, but like it was unsettling. Like at one point I was like, I can't get out of bed to go to the bathroom because somebody's going to grab my foot as soon as I step off the bed from underneath. Oh, that's like, me every night anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, this was like, it really added to it. Like extra. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so then, yeah, so like that's kind of like what happened back there. And then, yeah, then apparently something like they made it like 20 days and we're slowly building it up. Like she trips and falls and hits her head on like a gravestone because there's like a graveyard in the backyard that like the realtor didn't tell them about. Um, I'm pretty sure they have to disclose that. Yeah. Um, and there's two cottages like right outside the gate, which is um, the handyman and then like the house cleaner. So mm-hmm. they've 
it's like and it's been in the family like it's been like the same family who's been the handyman and like the same daughters who have been the house cleaners and they're like we really can't afford to keep you guys on like full time but like we'll pay you as we need help and they're like that's fine we have other work like nobody's been in this house for a bit anyways so mm-hmm. so like there are people nearby who can like help with stuff like there's like a snake that shows up in the thing and they're like ah freaking out uh but then maggie is there sort of trying to decide like what she wants to do what she wants to renovate and bells are ringing the chandelier is still turning on by itself like Damn she, there's like there's like a presence in the house and she's just like and they're telling her like oh you know like oh they, they call them ghouls they're like it's yeah a lot of times it's just like these kids that show up and they like dare each other to get as close as they can to the scary house they're like that's probably what it is and she was like okay so like but like nobody's breaking into her home like there's no forced entry so she's like this is weird like what's actually going on here she hires this guy dane who's the handyman because he's like because she's like well i gotta like renovate the whole place and so like hires him but like so at one point she's like oh like were you in the property like you have keys to the gate were you here last night at 11 and he's like no i wasn't doing i don't know what you're talking about and like the same record player like they find it in the closet and then like pull it out and then later in the night like it starts playing just like it did for her dad and it's the exact same record i mean granted nobody changed the record because he like shoved it back in the closet no one's probably been here yeah yeah so but then there's like these like polaroids on these cameras and like there's like this one that he like explains in the book about like it's maggie and jess like running into the forest to go play but there's like a shadowy figure off to the corner that looks like it could be a person and she like finds that and she's like okay that's real so like how much of this book is real how much of this fabricated she starts talking to like other people like the um surviving wife slash mother from like the last one like kind of is like talking to her and then there's these two girls so the gal who was the housekeeper she had a 16 year old and a six-year-old um and so they're like oh like the 16 year old come and like babysit and like we'll pay her and then so we kind of have friends because they are concerned about the fact that like their daughter is seeing these ghosts like even if it is an act of imagination they like do take her I'd to a concerned. shrink at one point yeah they're little, like they're like imaginary friends is one thing but like the fact that they're calling them ghosts is another thing um and so they're a little concerned so they do kind of take her um but yeah, so like there are these two girls and then the same night that they fled the house, the older girl went missing or like ran away is what the cops say. But like the mom and the sister are like, no, we think she's dead. Like she didn't run away. And like, here's why we think this, but like the cops in the small town didn't do anything about it. So you're like, okay, well that's suspicious too. Like, so yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. The middle part definitely gets kind of boring because it's just like Does Maggie- it? being like oh my gosh that part of my dad's story was real and you're like okay just give me back to the house of horrors like that book is better than what's happening with you right now because you're so whiny and you hate your family so much but where it actually ended up going and what was actually happening i did not see it coming i had like kind of an idea i was like oh i think this is might be what's happening like ghosts aren't real but but then they keep going more and more and more and like once you actually like hear like the books like in the book what the dad said happened with the ghost you're like oh shit okay maybe the ghosts are real like what um so i had like kind of an idea on like what i thought might be happening and i had the general premise right but like none of the hows or the what's or the who's or like what in the world actually happened so that was done really well like the wrap-up was really really good 
um i never started to like maggie like she was just always like at one point she learns um that a character that she's been interacting with spent a little time in prison and then she goes and like instantly is like um calls him out on it why didn't you tell me and they've known each other for like five days or like a week at this point like it has not been very long and they're like why didn't you tell me that you were in prison and they were like um so sorry that that's not how i introduced myself like hi i spent a year in prison because i was drunk and i beat somebody like and i got in a fight and i won too well like and i was like yeah they're well within their right not to tell you that information the day they freaking meet you like maybe you ask follow-up questions feels like, like the main character is the least likable part of the story yeah she yeah and i don't know like what it, i don't know if we were supposed to not like her if we weren't supposed to like her then he did a great job or i don't know if he was like trying to make maybe. her like all complex and everything like that like i don't know it was weird how, yeah she was just horrible like everything about her she was just like a crappy person like not the kind of person you should want as mm. a friend either because even like the friend that she's in business with was like okay yeah like call me text me every day so i know you're safe in this like house of horrors that you're going back to and she just like wouldn't do it and then the friend would be like hi are you alive like what's going on and she'd be like in her head like well, i don't really want to have to talk to her because like i'm so busy proving my father is a liar blah busy. blah blah and it's like you can send a quick little freaking text and then she would and she'd be like oh i did such great work i told her everything was fine and it's like okay like yeah and like bone uh said a huh. skeleton like skeleton bones are like found at one point in the house and like she doesn't like tell the friend that and so of course the, but then you know the news that gets in it and the article is like body of woman found in house at like the the baneberry house and so of course the friend is like oh was it you like are you, like the you woman? dead yeah are you dead are you the woman at the headline she's like oh sorry i didn't even think about it and i'm like be uh, a better friend like yeah you don't have to be like oh i'm not gonna go into all the details tonight because i'm exhausted and she's I, whiny and inconsiderate yeah and i fled in terror to the motel that we fled in terror to 25 years ago but like yeah hmm. so she sucked so overall i decided like three and a half stars because like it does kind of have the good unsettling vibes very good haunted house part in the house of horrors part of the book maggie is so freaking insufferable that i'm docking it an entire star so three and Ooh, a half out of five bruh. yeah the main character is so important yeah and it's like like and all the other ones yeah and, and it was in like every single interaction like even when she starts figuring out like what's going on and she like learns all of the stuff what happened in the end like she like is learning all this stuff and she still is like there's no way that would have happened that way you're still they're still lying to me and it's like no they're not girl like you have all the information you're ever mm -hmm. gonna get accept it like you need to accept that what your dad is saying happened and what your mother is saying happened happened like huh yeah interesting mm -hmm. well i like the vibe overall like i said uh definitely that's like the blueprint for haunting a pill house although it sounds like it went somewhere a little bit differently in the end so intriguing mm -hmm. but not riley sager's best work no i think this is the worst of all the ones of his that i have read yeah so i feel like i had so much promise with all the spooky stuff mm -hmm. it's just the main character it really does ruin a story yeah it was just too much it like, it, like it would have been fine like in the beginning where she's like oh my father's a liar and then i'd like when she like mm -hmm. realized that some of it was true be like oh okay maybe not but she kept like doubling down even though there's like photographic evidence that she's looking at that is confirming what he said so like denial is strong i totally get that but 
at some point you have they have to buy into it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like they have to get on board to continue the spookiness and stuff like yeah and that was it It, like stopping scary like i was like okay it's not unsettling anymore yeah like because the beginning part you're like oh gosh i have no idea what's going on and like she's still experiencing some of the same things that were experienced in the book in the original time and you're just like what so but well it sounds like yours was more like a classical scary like haunted house type mm-hmm. vibe yeah. um mine was scary in a different way okay but like also wasn't scary hmm it was like more about the ride and the type of story that's told okay you'll see, intrigued you'll see. intrigued um okay so i did all these bodies by ken dare blake it was like recommended at my local bookstore by like one of the staff picks okay. probably because it's actually based on a true story of um these murders that occurred through nebraska back in like oh god i don't even know what year the actual story happened it's like 1950 1960s somewhere in there mm-hmm. oh same year as the book okay 1958 so the story that it's based on is a story of Charlie Starkweather and Carol Ann Fugate. Um, it's like a pretty well-known story, basically. Like he was like 19 and she was like 14. And then they just kind of left a string of bodies, including like her family, um, mm-hmm. seemingly random. She actually ended up being released from prison and she's alive and well living in Ohio under a different name these days. I'm pretty sure he died in prison. Um, but basically they use that like story, like the, the string of bodies with like, cause like everyone was terrified. Could you imagine like small towns in 1958? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, is it getting closer to us? Is it getting farther from us? Like, where are they? Who's doing it? Like at the time they thought that Carol probably was dead and her body was hidden. They didn't even know she was part of it. So this story was kind of based on that, but they took like an interesting turn, <laughs> um, the book itself is primarily about um, a string of murders that goes in the summer of 1958. So like I said, follows the same general structure, mm-hmm. but it goes from um, like Nebraska into Iowa into Wisconsin and then Minnesota. I was trying to map out the states in my brain. I don't even know those um, parts of the state, so I just have to believe you. I've gotten better at it, but <laughs> yeah, basically it kind of like makes a little loop. Mm-hmm. Um okay. So the story really mostly takes place in Minnesota, which is like the end of this string of murders. In total, there are 17 murders. Um, At the time that this story starts, there are only 15 that they know of. And basically they start in August of 1958 and they go to about September. And like every few days or so, another body or two would show up. And mm-hmm. they were seemingly random and all of the bodies were drained of blood. Like no blood there was no blood at any of these scenes okay i was wondering i was like how did they like how you were connecting all the bodies to the same killer but that that'll do it yeah no blood that'll do it (laughs) so like very weird right like very suspicious especially for like most of these bodies it doesn't look like they tried to run but like their throats would be slit or their wrists would be slit but there's no blood at any of these scenes um there were a couple of the bodies that like looked like they had attempted to run but for the most part like there was no struggle Mm -hmm. so it's very interesting um but when the bodies in minnesota are found uh it's like a local family none of the names of the families in the book are real but you know i'm sure some of them follow similar structure family structures um so like this local family the carlson family um the main one of the main characters michael 
His dad is the police chief for this small town, Black Deer Falls in Minnesota. I don't know if it's a real place or not in this <laughs> story. Um, it kind of gets weird too, where I'm like, is that part of the real story? Is that so like I would yeah. like look it up and be like, was that part real or is that part real? <laughs> um but basically, these this family's bodies are found. Um, a boy around Michael's age, he's 17 at the time, so he's in high school. And then his parents, and then uh, there's a survivor, which is like their baby. So there's like a young baby who's surviving. Uh, this lady who lives across the street from the family was called the police and was like, it's super weird. Like their dog's outside barking, the lights are on. Like I saw Steve, the boy who was murdered, like come home earlier in the day or in the evening. And then like, just like strange stuff is happening. Like it's not their typical family routine. Mm-hmm. Like, she could hear the baby crying. So the police show up and again, there's very limited blood on the scene, but there is a girl who's 15 years old standing there covered in blood, but like around the bodies, there's not a lot of blood, but it's the same hmm. thing. They're basically drained of blood. Interesting. Super weird, super creepy. So the police chief calls, you know, people in the local town, calls local state police. Everyone starts searching the woods and surrounding areas to see if they can find the murderer because they're like, I don't think this little girl did it. Like she's 15 years old, but also she's clearly involved somehow because mm-hmm. there's never been any like one blood and then two, like anyone else or any signs of like another person around. So they don't find the man that they think that they're looking for. (laughs) So they end up taking in um, Mary Catherine Hale to the tiny jailhouse. that used to be like the sheriff's family home, essentially, because like it's such a small town that literally they had like the house connected to the jail. Mm -hmm. But after um, they moved the family out of the house, they added one woman cell (laughs) because every now and then it would happen that it would be a woman. It was usually like some drunk lady, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, but like it's such a small town, like they really only have like four or five jail cells in the whole thing. Um, so they take her in as an accomplice. They assume that she's an accomplice and they want to get information about who this other person is because they're scared. Like everyone's like, is he still here? Did he leave? Like, is there going to be more murders? But the murders stop happening. Like mm-hmm. once she's in the jail cell, but she's also kind of like refusing to talk. So because all these different murders happen across a bunch of different state lines, um, jurisdiction kind of gets messy. So because they started in Nebraska, there's an assumption that she's from Nebraska. So even though they didn't find her red-handed essentially until Minnesota, Nebraska tries to deb- uh, to dispute like their jurisdiction over her and they're like she's she's clearly from nebraska since it started here like she's a child of nebraska so therefore nebraska should get first stake in charging her nebraska again i don't know if this is necessarily true or if it's still true but um at the time in 1958 they did have the death penalty and you didn't have to necessarily be the one to actually kill somebody to get convicted of felony murder and executed you just had to be there you had to be an mm-hmm. accomplice you had to have like had the opportunity to stop them and then not done so um and so the nebraska prosecutor brings it in front of a judge and he's like she needs to come back to nebraska like state this case this guy's kind of a dick honestly <laughs> like nobody likes this guy like i get it though like he's upset but also he's up for a re-election mm. so he wants to catch this person and he thinks that like if he leans on her hard enough she'll tell like who the guy is um she basically says nothing to him but she does say that she will tell Michael, the 17-year-old boy, her story. Like, mm. she's like, I do have a story to tell, and I will tell only him. Like, nobody else can be in the room. They did consent to, like, having it be recorded. So, like, the Nebraska prosecutor 
like real pissed about this. <laughs> I'm sure. So he ends up like getting a hotel to stay in Black Deer Falls for this whole time. And it's like months because the murder that she's caught at is in like September. But she's not she doesn't leave Minnesota, I don't think, until like January. Hmm. So she's there for a really long time telling this story. And it's hard to tell while she's telling this story if like this is the truth, if she just thinks that she can manipulate Michael. But because she's 15 and he's 17, he starts to, like, feel for her as a human being, which, like, you would do mm-hmm. in any scenario, honestly. Like, it's something that journalists have to do. You have to find some sort of common ground in order to be able to talk to them. Like, yeah. no matter what the situation is. But he's, like, super convinced. Like, she has nothing to do with this. So she starts telling him this story, not necessarily chronologically. Um, and she gets, like, sidetracked a lot. And so they end up getting to know each other on a more personal level. So a lot of this book is about, like, those interviews. But basically, her story is that this guy drinks blood, and I'll never find him. And the reason that she was eventually caught is because he wanted her to get caught. Mm. And so she was like, he's definitely, like, hanging around somewhere. He's not going to go anywhere. He wants to see where this goes. Um, While they're going through this, like, interview process, there are times where, like, Michael's out with his friend hunting, and they find these, like, upside-down crosses carved into trees, but they can't figure out where the person went, even though it's snowing. Like, the tracks disappear. Um, She basically says that, like, he is a good-looking guy, and nobody else ever told her she was good. Which is basically the story of Charlie and Carol Ann Fugate. So, like, that's kind of the whole shtick, right? He was older than her. She was younger. She was from a bad family. And so he was like, you matter. Like, I care about you. But for this particular book, the way they, like, twisted that was, like, he offered her eternal life and told her that, like, she mattered. And Mm -hmm. so she was like, I just kind of... She's like, I didn't necessarily know that that's what he was doing, but, like, he doesn't always kill people. Sometimes he just feeds. And she has, like, all these scars, like, down her arms. So, like, Michael really starts to believe it, kind of. He's like, it seems ridiculous. And, like, whenever I try to wrap my head around, like, the reality of what she's telling me, like, it becomes kind of this weird void where it's like, they can't be real. Mm -hmm. Because, like, vampires don't exist. Um, But also, like, earlier on, before she was caught, the newspapers had deemed these, like, the Dracula murders. So it's like, did she see that? And then she's decided that that's just what she's going to run with. Um, You do eventually get some, like, actual truth. Like, the name that she gave, her last name was fake. Um, The two additional bodies that weren't originally found, she tells them about and, like, where they are. And it's her mom and her stepdad. And her stepdad had abused her. So, like, she definitely had this, like, terrible family life. Um, they start to assume that like the stepdad is the one that like is perpetrating this right uh it's kind of gross and like the whole they're like did you seduce him and then that's what's happened so you guys decided to kill your mom and the sheriff in the small town who's like very down to earth he was like excuse me in a world where that did happen if she did run off with him they don't call that seduction like that's yeah took advantage like that's not how this works yeah you're very much using the wrong word because she's a minor in this situation yeah. so which is why everyone hates that nebraska prosecutor because he's like makes it like she's this like temptress murderous mm. person and then like she does eventually lead them to a couple of bodies because she wants to prove that like her stepdad didn't do it but her stepdad's body's not there and it's like well the, the newspapers though knew that she said something about the stepdad and that he was potentially the the scapegoat and so like maybe the guy moved the body but you never see him there's like one point where michael like 
thinks he's dreaming, but maybe he was in his house and like the town is angry because the town thinks that like the family, like the sheriff and Michael are protecting her for mm-hmm. some reason, because like some of them, you know, they're a family in their own small town got murdered. Yeah. So like, I get it. And so like, they, they're like deal with all those like harassment and stuff. So I don't know how closely any of that necessarily follows <laughs> the true crime story. Obviously the true crime story does not talk about Dracula, yeah, um, probably not. <laughs> but you also never find out really like what Ooh. the truth is and who they were. There's just like just enough mystery where you don't know for sure like, was she telling the truth? And then, like, there's something that they said in the book. One of the other deputies, he was like, I've met a lot of people. Not everyone who lies is a liar. They're just wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, so maybe it is how she perceived what happened. Like, yeah, it could be her truth, but her, but yeah. So her truth like doesn't knowing... mean that it's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like really interesting the way that they kind of lay that out, especially knowing that like it was based off of like a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, they do give you like a little spiel about like what the actual um, crime was in the back of it. But uh, I'm going to give it like, like a four just okay. because I felt like the Dracula stuff was a little <laughs> weird. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really expect it to go somewhere. And I kind of wish there had been more of a resolution, but I get that that's part of the mystery of it. Right. Yeah. Like they do end up executing her in the end. Like, it's not really a secret. That's definitely what's going to happen. Like it's very obvious throughout the book. Um, And she like specifically requests that Michael comes and like cuts her head off. Like, based on this story that they they used to do, because, like, back in, like, the 1600s or whatever, when they suspected that someone was, like, a vampire, they would, like, cut their head off and burn it or, like, bury them, like, with rocks in their mouth, like, face down. And so, like, they referenced back to this story where they had done that to somebody. And so, like, it's like, okay, so she really did believe it. Yeah. So, hmm. it was really intriguing, but it was kind of a puzzler. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. But it wasn't like scary, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not scary. It was just like, huh, huh. Yeah. But it was like billed as like a scary or a thriller. Mm-hmm. So that's why I got a four because it was just more interesting. Okay. That makes sense. I do like that author. I have read books by them before. Um, I yeah, like the I writing style. So the writing style was really good. I flew through it. Like I read it in like two sittings. Like mm-hmm. it was really easy read. It was just, I just wanted to know like what was the truth and you never really find out which i guess is part of the mystery so mm-hmm. yeah probably done on purpose but still like tell us anyway write a little yeah. blurb so we know yeah. yeah so that was that was my scary story for the summer but definitely got me ready for fall yeah and now our next one's you know we're coming into september here so really going to be ready for it soon weather will start dropping banned books is coming back up everything so oh almost the most wonderful time of the year yes. in the meantime though you can check us out on our social media instagram isn't a pastor bedtime x slash twitter.com iipyb <laughs> underscore pod um tiktok isn't a pastor bedtime maybe i'm just going to drop the x twitter part until they decide what they want to call it you know just keep calling it twitter it routes to twitter.com that's still the url so it's still twitter mm-hmm. if anyone has insight into that tell us that because we're nosy so even if Here's it's not about even if it's not about books you know tell us what you know But until then, we'll talk to everyone later. Bye, everyone. Bye.